Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Take off these stupid masks. The CDC is saying if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. This has always been all over the place and driven by politics. No mask, then one mask, then two masks, no mask again. Cyber attack, colonial pipeline. A ransom in the low millions was paid. Double down on cybersecurity. Israel. Rocket attacks must cease. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Friday. We'll get to the mask deal. I, You know, a lot of people are excited that uh, CDC and Joe Biden has come out and said, okay, if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to have a mask. I'm sort of taking a different slant. I, I think this is the introduction to authoritarianism beginning to tell us what we have to do. And uh, we'll, we'll get into Joe Biden's comments in a little bit here. First of all, WITN is reporting, according to analysts, fuel is out at 69% of gas stations in North Carolina. That's the good news. It's an improvement from last night at about 5 o'clock when it was 70%. So slowly we're starting to get gas back into the gas stations and into your gas tank. Patrick DeHaan from Gas Buddy said 76% of the stations in the Greenville-Newburn area are experiencing an outage. This is an improvement from 82.4% Thursday night. Colonial Pipeline restarted operations on Wednesday after it was forced to shut down because of a major hack, and uh, apparently Colonial has paid the ransom and uh, are back up and running. DeHaan said gasoline demand fell 7% yesterday from a week prior so uh, panicking is easing off. I, part of it is people aren't even trying. If you go to the gas station uh, time after time and it's uh, sorry, no gas, people after a while have just said, okay, well, I'll just have to stay at home and wait until uh, the gas tanks are filled back up. Um, Liz Cheney. Now, earlier this week, uh, yesterday, in fact, she was voted out from leadership of the Republican Party. And... Last night, she won on Fox News with Brett Baer, and it was very obvious why she got the boot. She she doesn't learn her lesson. She did it again last night. Liz Cheney showed why she was booted from her position as chair of the House Republican Conference. She was on with Brett Baer. The Fox News host asked the Wyoming Republican why she peddled total, total fake news about Russian bounties on American soldiers in Afghanistan. It is a story that was anonymously sourced, thoroughly debunked. She has no regrets about pushing a lie. Why? Well, here's what she said to Brett Baer. Cut one. Last year, many in the media and in Washington, including you, amplified anonymous sources, uh, stories claiming that President Trump ignored intelligence, that Russians were paying bounties to kill Americans in Afghanistan. We've since learned that that intelligence was pretty shoddy, poorly sourced. Do you regret taking part in spreading that story? No, I think actually if you look at the details of the story, Brett, you'll see that the intelligence community um, has made a, a recommendation about that intelligence. They've talked about having low confidence. I think if you go back and look at what I said, every single thing I said, I said if those stories are true, we need to know why the president and the vice president were not briefed on them uh, and, and made very clear that we were concerned. I remain concerned about the role of the Russian government in Afghanistan, the role of the Russians in terms of uh, working against 
against our interests right. around the world. But you so, pointed uh, to President Trump. But and my Brett, point is, is you were you... GOP conference chair, and I'm just articulating what some of your colleagues have said, that they thought that that was a moment where they thought that your focus on the former president was more important to you than articulating GOP uh, agenda and what they wish to do. Well, I, I think you really ought to go check your facts, Brett, because he was the sitting president at that time. Uh, not the former president. No, and, the president. And, and I sorry. think if you if you look at what I said, I said, and you can pull up that tweet too. I said, if these reports are true, then the White House must explain why they did not brief the president or vice president. Yeah, if these reports were true, that's the point. They're not true, and yet she she continues to peddle this false narrative. Why? Because it's all she has to vilify Donald Trump. She was doing this a year and a half ago. She continued last night. And you wonder why you got the boot, Liz. Wow. I mean, what she is peddling is what the mainstream liberal media was peddling and what Democrats were peddling, and she just fell right in line. I don't know what her problem was. Uh, you know, I don't know. Did, did Donald Trump... Look at her cross-eyed one time years ago. The, 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 here's the hope that whoever runs against her in the primary beats her. Of course, uh, today, earlier today, uh, that was last night, earlier today, Elise Stefanik was uh, voted in to replace Liz Cheney. Stefanik's bid for the conference chair was endorsed by Trump, House Leader Kevin McCarthy and uh, Steve Scalise, the uh, GOP whip. In addition to other rank-and-file lawmakers, uh, anyway, at the end of the day, she won with 134 votes, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Elise Stefanik replacing Liz Cheney. So the mask, the mask deal. The Republicans are now questioning the mask deal. Why? Well, I mean, right, we don't want to wear masks. That's the good news. The question is, why all of a sudden has it changed? Uh, that's that's a good question, because it was just six weeks ago that the left was saying that uh, it, it, it could be bad. This could be doom and gloom. Rochelle uh, Walensky talked less than two months ago, talked of the and warned of the impending doom. I'm going to pause here, she said. I'm going to lose the script. I'm going to reflect on the reoccurring feeling that I have of impending doom, she said at the time. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are, and so much reason for hope, but right now I'm scared. The impending doom if we don't wear the masks. So why the turnaround in six weeks? The numbers have been steadily going in the right direction, but in six weeks we've gone from impending doom to, ah, take off your mask. Uh, I th <laughs> Well, the town hall, and I agree with town hall, uh, they're saying, oh, what's changed? Uh, Biden has got to have some good news. The economy stinks. Nobody can find gasoline to buy. The border crisis is still a mess. By the way, too, uh, side note here, Arizona's Attorney General Mark Bronvich has called on President Joe Biden to replace 
Kamala Harris as his border czar after weeks of, quote, absolutely abysmal leadership. We'll see where that goes. But uh, troubles all around. You got Hamas bombing Israel. Literally no good news at all. I, I think this is... This shows how political this whole mask coronavirus thing is. That suddenly we need some good news. So what do we do? Ah, well, well, yeah, just come out and say you can take off your masks. <laughs> so, um, and, and by the way, this this whole thing with um, cousin Eddie Joe Biden, you know, he came out, he tweeted yesterday. The rule is now simple. The rule is now simple. Get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do. The choice is yours. Now, this is from Joe Biden. The rule is simple. Get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do. The choice is yours. And you libs call Trump a bully? (laughs) Uh, And you got to ask yourself some questions. Joe and Kamala got vaccinated six months ago. Joe got vaccinated on December 21st, 2020. He's still wearing a mask. Now, when he was, uh, he and the first lady were with uh, Jimmy and Rosalind Carter a couple of weeks ago. They're both in their 90s. They weren't wearing the masks. And yet, after they were with them, They come out and they put their masks on for the photo shoot outside of the Carter's house. Why? Because it's all about propaganda. The choice is yours, Biden says, between getting a vaccine or wearing a mask. No, the choice to get a vaccine or not is mine, period. So is the choice to wear a mask or not. Now, the question is, will this turn into a mandate? Will this turn into a passport? I would not be surprised if it does. Now, right now, it is a subtle mandate. Here's the other question, too. I mean, so what are you going to send out a TSA worker at every grocery store before you come in? You've got to you've got to prove that you have the uh, that you have the vaccine. I mean, are, are we is this the first step in requiring a passport, a vaccine? His ultimatum is impossible to, to uh, enforce. Uh, the next thing that will come up is, will he request or, or demand or require that kids get the vaccine? As of April 28th, 2021, coronavirus-related deaths in the United States of children under the age of 18 were a grand total. A grand total, not just for April, but since coronavirus started. Grand total of 277. So what does this mean? That w- will you get exempt from uh, having a passport since he just said, well, you know, get a, the choice is yours? Uh, I, I, I would not. I would not. Look, they don't want to let go of this, this authoritarianism. They don't want to let go of this idea that they are going to force you to do what they want you to do. And I think it's part of the grand scheme that they just want you to get in line. Get ready. You got to get in line. You got to obey everything that we say. And they're losing their grip. Up in New York. Now, this is funny. Up in New York, the mayor up there, 
de Blasio. You know, in some places, uh, in fact, in Ohio, they've got like a lottery going, apparently, where they've got a million dollars worth of prizes they're giving away to people to get vaccinated. Uh, in New Jersey, they're offering free beer. Mil- Bill de Blasio is trying to persuade residents in New York City in a rather awkward way, uh, free French fries and hamburgers. Cut two. Free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I could get this? You delicious fries? Wait a minute. But there's also a, a burger element to this? Let me, let me check with Bill Neidhart. Is it too early in the day to eat a burger? No. This could be breakfast? Okay. I want you to look at this and think about, again, some people love hamburgers, some don't really want to respect all ways of life. But if this is appealing to you, just think of this when you think of vaccination. Mmm. Vaccination. Mmm. <laughs> I'm getting a very good feeling about vaccination right this moment. So <laughs> are you connecting the dots here? The guy is offering French fries and hamburgers if you go get vaccinated. Let's fatten them up as we take them to the slaughter. 80% of hospitalized people for COVID were overweight. Overweight. 80%. <laughs> Male adults have already gained on average 37 pounds during the pandemic. The government has closed gyms to protect us. Fast food restaurants stayed open. Government solution to fix it all. Get people fat. Fatten them up as they take them to the slaughter. <laughs> what, what, unbelievable. So we're going to save you from COVID, but uh, you're probably going to get a heart attack. <laughs> oh, Bill de Blasio. I, I, liberals. Mm. Hey, we're going to take a time out. Lots more to talk about, including Rand Paul. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, you've, you probably followed Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci this week. Uh, they're back and forth. They're give and take. They're uh, dislike for one another. Uh, Rand Paul came out pretty clearly and uh, asked Dr. Fauci, were you, were you the one that funded America getting the coronavirus. We'll have that when we get back. Mask wearing. Wear a mask. We must use masks. Wear a mask. Mask works. Have you heard? If you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. We have all longed for this moment. And from this moment on, I think it's a great day. We'll continue to unmask. Let me repeat the stories of the day. If you are fully vaccinated, take it off. Take it off. And keep it on with Tom Lambrecht and news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. Uh, you can take it off. By the way, today is National Dance Like a Chicken Day. <laughs> I'm not really sure exactly how a uh, chicken dances, but... Uh, the chicken dance. The chicken dance. Okay, well, I was never that much into dancing. Taking a look at your weather forecast for the weekend. Tonight, clear, low around 41, so it will get chilly. But tomorrow, it is going to be gorgeous, 75, lots of sunshine. Same for Sunday, and uh, it looks good for the next several days. So get out and enjoy. Weather brought to you by our friends at University PC Care. They've been Eastern North Carolina's go-to IT experts for quite a while now. 
Unfortunately, most organizations react to IT issues after the damage is done. Can you say Colonial Pipeline? This is known as the break-fix cycle in the tech services industry. Here's a quick example of what I mean. You show up to work one day, you find your computer is down, you submit a repair ticket, and a tech shows up or remotes in your computer trying to fix it, all the while you're down, losing productivity. University PC Care's Business Services Division has a better way, a proactive solution called BizCare. BizCare tech support and cybersecurity plans are always on duty, staying ahead of potential problems, keeping you up and running with less downtime and much safer from threats like ransomware. Call William at 394-8572 to schedule a free BizCare consultation or go to universitypccare.com to learn more. So talking about the fact that uh, the CDC and Joe Biden has come out and said, okay, well, if you've been vaccinated, you can now take off your mask. And again, interestingly, no comments from uh, Cousin Eddie about, okay, if why don't they just say if you have immunity? You know, if you have immunity, either you've been vaccinated or you have had coronavirus and you carry immunity. Wouldn't that be the same? But somehow Joe doesn't say that. Now, I mean, that both both ways gets you to immunity. Although, by the way, Bill Maher, who has been vaccinated, uh, he has come down with coronavirus. Asymptomatic, but has come down with it. The uh, shortstop for the New York Yankees been vaccinated. He's come down with coronavirus. Um, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, even though the president has come out and said, if you've been vaccinated, you can take off your mask. Nancy Pelosi has opted to maintain the mask-wearing requirement for members of Congress and staff on the House floor, despite new guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that say fully vaccinated people not need wear mask uh, need not wear masks. Uh, Pelosi's spokesperson Drew Hamill told Bloomberg yesterday that she isn't easing the requirements because it's unknown how many House members and their staff members are vaccinated. Well, if you're well, all they're saying is if you are vaccinated, you can take it off, right? I, I guess what she's saying is so. Therefore, we don't know. You don't have a passport, so everybody is going to have to wear the mask. If you're vaccinated, theoretically, you can't get it and you can't give it, right? But Nancy doesn't trust the members of Congress. That's what she's saying. I don't trust you. It's interesting, um, the uh, congresswoman from Georgia, uh, what is her name, Um, Marjorie Green, I think it is, she berated AOC, and uh, now Nancy Pelosi is saying, oh, you can't do that, I'm going to call for an ethics investigation of Green. Maybe you ought to be investigated. You don't trust your uh, members of Congress, Nancy? Uh, I mean, it is so ironic. We're told on one hand that the vaccine will set you free. But on the other hand, the vaccine Nazis won't relent. Rand Paul really went after mainstream media. He was on Fox News yesterday. He is upset, rightly so, with Dr. Fauci and mainstream media. He's upset with mainstream media for refusing to press Fauci on issues such as Why is the United States National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, NIAID, 
that Fauci heads up, why aren't they pressing Fauci on the fact that NIAID was funding the Wuhan Institute? Paul reacted to a CBS clip from earlier in the day in which Fauci dismissed Paul's recent questions regarding United States grant money that was siphoned off to Wuhan through Echo Health Alliance. Here is a part of that CBS interview, followed by Senator Paul's response. Can I just ask about you and Rand Paul? Does your body tense up? You know, Gail, I, I just don't want to get into that tit for tat with him. I, <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand what the problem is with yeah. him. But, you know, well, I'm just going to do my job and he could do what he wants to do and we'll see what happens. Well, if he was being interviewed by a journalist, they would have asked, did the NIH, did your specific division of the NIH give money to the Wuhan lab? That's incontrovertibly true. What he's arguing is he's parsing his words. He knows his group gave money, but he's saying, oh, it wasn't for juicing up these super viruses. We gave it for other research. It's sort of like the Planned Parenthood argument. Yes, we give taxpayer money to Planned Parenthood, but it's not for abortion. Dr. Fauci's arguing, yeah, we gave it you know, the NIH and my group specifically gave it to the Wuhan lab, but it's even worse than that. The Dr. Xi, the bat scientist that's the most famous one from the Wuhan Institute, when she published her papers, which scientists across the board are saying are gain of function, they were juicing up viruses, she gave credit to Dr. Fauci. She said the funding came from Dr. Fauci's National Institute AID, NIAID. This is Dr. Fauci's baby for 40 years. She lists him in the credits. He can't escape this. He did the funding. Dr. Fauci, he did his job, I'll do my job. A PolitiFact fact check confirms that NIAID did award grant money to Echo Health Alliance which then hired the Wuhan lab to conduct genetic analysis of bat coronavirus. Here's the big question. Why is it that you have the likes of Anthony Fauci and Dr. Uh, Dasik? Why are they overseeing the investigation into the Wuhan lab And were they the ones that released this virus? Did it come naturally or or was it released? Why are they in charge when it it appears? I mean, it is is not a a question. In, In 2014, the United States National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, the part of the NIH headed by Fauci, awarded 3.4 million grant to the New York-based Echo Health Alliance, which aims to protect people from viruses that jump from species to species. The group hired the lab in Wuhan to conduct genetic analysis of bat coronaviruses collected in the Yunnan province, about 800 miles southwest of Wuhan. Echo Health Alliance paid the lab $598,000 over five years. The lab had secured approval from both the U.S. State Department and NIH. It is not a question even though Fauci said, oh, no, oh, we didn't give that uh, senator the ball. It's, it's not in question that they paid the money to the Wuhan lab for this research. So Fauci, and again, it originates from Fauci. It goes to the Wuhan lab. He is the guy that paid for it, but yet he is the guy that's investigating. Does that make any sense at all? I mean, if 
if they're found, if it's found out that they are guilty of funding a project which costs trillions of dollars, numerous lives around the world. I mean, is it any wonder that Fauci's, you know, one day you got to put a mask on, the next day you can take it off, the next day you got to put one on, and then you have to put another one on top of that, and then finally you're allowed to take them off again. I mean, he is so convoluted in putting a mask on or taking it off. One wonders, is, is there a little bit of guilt feelings there, Fauci? But why in the world would they who funded it be in charge of investigating it? Sounds like a cover-up, you think? The Epic Times is reporting a federal judge in Alabama on Thursday ruled against a so-called racial demonstrator who had challenged a federal law against civil disorder that she's accused of violating. Tia Pugh, her attorney, argued that 18 U.S. Code Statute 231, which says that whoever commits or tries to commit any act to obstruct, impede, or interfere with any firearm or law enforcement officer while he is officially engaged in his duties amid civil disorder, was racially motivated because, in part, the author of that bill, former Senator Russell Long from Louisiana, supported racial segregation and opposed the civil rights movement. Uh, he might have been the sponsor of the bill, but it was a House and a Senate that had to pass the bill and a president had to sign it. It is law. But expect more of this. I mean, this is, this is their game plan. They won't actually question the meaning and equity of any law. They will call the laws unjust as they attempt to vilify those who authored the law, had anything to do with the law. And by the way, this is how they will continue to attempt. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is how they will attempt to take down the entire founding documents of our country. You're going to hear it over and over again. You've already heard it from some that we should just totally ignore the Constitution. It is a bad document because it was written primarily by old white guys. And we know all old white guys are racist. If you use their logic, we would have to toss half the New Testament because it was written by a man who persecuted and killed Christians, right? Pugh was charged last year and later indicted by a grand jury with violating the law after allegedly using a bat to smash the window of a police department vehicle while protesters and police officers clashed on May 31st, 2020, in the wake of George Floyd's death. The Civil Obedience Act was designed to jail and specific, silence specific civil rights leaders whose names Senator Long repeated throughout the amendment's legislative history, Pew's lawyer uh, Gordon Armstrong wrote in a motion to dismiss, adding that prosecutors were applying the law after decades of disuse against a person who attended a protest for racial justice. So in other words, the ends justify the means. Isn't that what Hitler said? The ends justify the means. So if my end is to, as she would say, my end is to have racial equality, or the new word now is equity, therefore anything I do to obtain that is justified. Uh, that's what Hitler said, right? He said, we want to have a, a, a new world order. And if we, in order to get there, if we have to kill off all the Jews, that's justified. And that's, that's the logic behind critical race theory, by, by all the critical theories. 
that we are justified in what we are doing because the end justifies the means. So therefore, we can brand an entire race of Caucasians, specifically white males, and they would say, they would say what Russell Long, his his evil, uh, because, I, for, for example, they would say, Tom Lamprecht, because you're a white male and because Russell Long was a white male, you are just as guilty of his sins. And that's how it turns out. District Judge Terry Moore, a Trump nominee, sided with the government, agreeing that the legislative history of the law had no bearing because the code's language is clear. The court does not find the language or definitions are inescapably ambiguous, he wrote in his 24-page ruling. Moore also rejected attempts by the defendant to present the law as unconstitutionally vague and intruding upon states' responsibility for enforcing criminal laws. Armstrong told the Epic Times in an email, we are extremely disappointed, but the ruling is not entirely unexpected. Oh, we followed the law. Yeah, you think it's not unexpected? Uh, what would be uh, unexpected is if they had actually said, yeah, you're right, you can go ahead and walk free because uh, Russell Long had some flaws in his background. Uh, jury selection for the trial is expected to start on May the 17th. Pew faces up to five years in prison. She remains free pending the trial's outcome. My prediction, she will be found guilty and she will still walk free. We've got to take another time out. Stay with us. Much more to come. News and views for a Friday continues right after this. Reopening of America. We're taking another major step. We can do more together. In phases. Facing us back. Are we making progress? Absolutely. Into what we miss. Things get back to normal. To open 100%. And what we need. To ensure vaccines get into harm. Pandemic rescue package. To reopen our schools. To opening up our economy. What you need to know through every phase. Actually see other people. To seeing my friends. Be more close to the people. What you need to know through every phase. News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. The Epic Times is reporting those other three officers in the uh, situation where uh, George Floyd passed away. They were supposed to uh, go to trial this year. That's now been pushed back to March 7th of 2022. The uh, issue is one of the police officer's lawyers has alleged that Dr. Andrew Baker the county medical examiner in Minneapolis was directly and indirectly coerced by the state and its agents into altering Floyd's autopsy, re autopsy report. On May 26, 2020, Baker told prosecutors that the autopsy revealed no physical evidence suggesting that Mr. Floyd died of asphyxiation and showed no signs of damage to his airways or thyroid or brain bleeding, bone injuries, or internal bleeding. Findings released to the public three days later said there were no physical findings that supported a diagnosis of traumatic asphyxiation or strangulation. But the final autopsy report listed neck compression. In the intervening time, Baker spoke to Dr. Roger Mitchell, former medical examiner of Washington, about the autopsy findings. Mitchell decided to write an op-ed critical of Baker's findings in the Washington Post, according to the filing 
from the police officer's lawyer. Mitchell later called Baker again to let him know. In this conversation, Mitchell said, you don't want to be the medical examiner who tells everyone that they didn't see what they saw. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room and be and be wrong. Said there was a way to articulate the cause and manner of death that ensures you were telling the truth about what you were observing and via all the investigation. Mitchell said neck compression has to be in the diagnosis according to the filing. Uh, interesting stuff. So they're going to investigate this further. A judge has said, no, we're not going to just go ahead and jump into this trial. He wants a thorough investigation. It will be interesting to see what happens. And it will also be interesting to see if Derek Chauvin will, Chauvin will have a, uh, an additional argument for a mistrial. We'll see. Escalating violence between Israel and the terrorist group Hamas has cast the spotlight on deepening democratic division over the Jewish state. Uh, this is interesting because this really is a divide. It's a partially a generational divide, although um, Crazy Bernie is on the wrong side of this issue. But uh, President Biden and the old guard, including Nancy Pelosi and, and others in the Biden administration, including Anthony uh, Blinken, they've come out and said that Israel has a right to defend themselves and that Hamas is launching rockets onto civilians. And they're saying that's not right. Israel's got a right to defend themselves. Bernie Sanders has blamed right-wing extremists in Jerusalem for the violence, as has AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She responded to Biden on Twitter, blanket statements like this, and she's referring to, quote, fundamental differences between a terrorist organization, Hamas, that is indiscriminately raining down rockets, in fact, targeting civilian, and Israel's response defending itself, that is targeting the terrorist. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez says, blanket statements like this, with little context or acknowledgement of what precipitated this cycle of violence, quote, by only stepping in to name Hamas's actions, which are commendable, and refusing to acknowledge the rights of Palestinians, Biden reinforces the false idea that Palestinians instigated the cycle of violence. This is not neutral language. It takes a side, the side of occupation. Ilhan Omar accused Israel of terrorism. Rashid Tlaib was accused by the Israeli ambassador in the United States of uh, stoking tensions about the clash, clash in Jerusalem in which Israeli police deployed tear gas at a mosque. Uh, a ambassador to Israel wrote back to Talib and said, what you're doing is stoking terrorism and stoking violence, and reminded Talib that this mosque you're talking about, uh, this mosque is hiding rockets and Molotov cocktails, and all kinds of weaponry. There's also the condemnation that Israel is targeting civilians. Well, maybe that's because Hamas uses schools in which they store their ammunition. They store their rockets. 
That way, when Israel goes after the rockets, guess what happens? They're vilified as going after schoolchildren. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting, though, to see this divide in the Democratic Party. I mean, they're all progressives. Some are just a lot more progressive than others. In other words, they're much more liberal. They're much more closer to communist. Well, they are communists. Well, well, closer. They're there. They're full throttle. Black Lives Matter expressed solidarity with Palestinians against Israel's oppression in an Instagram post on Wednesday. Republicans, meanwhile, are prepared to press the issue to their advantage. Carlos Jimenez of Florida told Fox News on Thursday that he and at least 50 other House Republicans are co-sponsoring a resolution to condemn the acts of terrorism committed by Hamas and supported Israel's right to defend itself from the rockets. We've got to take another time out. Stay with us. More to come. News and Views for a Friday continues after this. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Five minutes before the top of the hour. The Biden administration has spent months talking about how wonderful their vaccine project has been, and they have given zero Kudos to Donald Trump and his administration. Donald Trump apparently has had enough. PJ Media is reporting that Trump has come out and said, isn't it incredible that because of vaccines, which I and my administration came up with years ahead of schedule, that we no longer need masks, and yet our names are not even mentioned in what everybody is calling a modern-day miracle of the vaccines, Trump asked in a statement, noting that everyone, including Fauci, said it would never happen. And this is true. You can't argue with this. Uh, Trump went on to say, without vaccines, this world would have been in for another 1719 Spanish flu where up to 100 million people died. Because of the vaccines we pushed and developed in record time, nothing like that will ever be close to happening again. Just a mention, please. The Biden administration had zero to do with it. All they did was continue our plan of distribution, which was working well from the beginning. In February, Joe Biden falsely claimed that Trump failed to order enough COVID-19 vaccines. Kamala Harris claimed during an interview with Axios that there was no national strategy or plan for vaccinations. We were leaving it up to the states and local leaders to try to figure it out. And so many, in many ways, we are starting from scratch. Even Anthony Fauci came out and said, no, nah, we're not starting from scratch. But as it turned out, the Biden administration is still using the same vaccine distribution model developed by Operation Warp Speed under Trump. Quote, it's more or less the plan that we put together. Frankly, that's happening. And maybe there are more improvements that could take place. That'd be great. Some acceleration. But clearly, we didn't go from no plan to a plan, from no vaccine to a vaccine. Well said, Dr. Trump. <laughs> I'll call him a doctor. Hey, uh, you got it done. And, and you know, just a simple acknowledgement, a simple tip of the hat from Joe Biden to Donald Trump. This, just think of the uh, positive affirmation you might get from some Republicans by just acknowledging, but you can't do it. He can't do it. He, it's amazing how they are frozen from giving Donald Trump any kudos at all. Told you so. Yeah. I don't think we've heard the last Donald Trump. What do you think? 
Uh, Campus Reform is reporting that the editor-in-chief of a University of Denver campus newspaper wrote an op-ed expressing her anger toward white people about the Atlanta shooting targeting Asian women. Quote, the shooting cannot be defined as an either-or where one must speak between gender and race, wrote the editor-in-chief of the DU Clarion, Kanina Marson, in the piece titled Dear White People. Describing how she felt after learning about the shooting, she wrote, I couldn't walk past a white person without shaking on my way to work. Really? Uh, she went on to allege that all white people are responsible. This is, this is what, you know, you talk about white fragility. <laughs> this is what uh, cult, um, you know, CRT is all about, critical race theory is all about. She alleged that all white people are responsible for a reported surge in violence against Asian Americans. You know the irony of this? And I don't want to make this a racial issue, but go up to New York City. It's not white people that are attacking Asian Americans. It's primarily black males. And again, I don't want to say that this is a racial issue. I'm just responding to the ridiculous statements that are coming out of these people propagating critical race theory. She denounced any choosing not to speak out about these events for committing microaggressions using racially coded language and deny that silence is violent. (laughs) You can't make this up. So if you, in other words, they come out and say, if you don't fully agree with the accusations that we are making, then that shows how guilty you are. Heaven forbid we just have an open dialogue or, you know, maybe we don't see what you see, a boogeyman behind every bush. But if we don't, if we don't agree with you, then we are somehow propagating the violence. She also accused the faculty administration of crowding out racial minorities with their whiteness. I, you know, I hate to, to have this program be about um, racial issues, but the critical race theory is out there. It's prevalent. It's being pushed in our schools. It's being pushed in corporations is being pushed in the government is being pushed in our military and we got to push back i mean it's ridiculous it's asinine and it's got to stop and you need to stand and, and i've said this for years you know who you are you know what's in your heart and uh, don't cower when they call you a racist just smile and say no i'm not no i'm not Hey, uh, have a great weekend. It's going to be gorgeous out there, so go out and enjoy, and we'll do it again Monday afternoon at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.